Welcome to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vinosky. Industry has a million cool stories, and Jim talks to the movers and shakers who are making them happen. Let's dive in. Okay, we're working our way through the day here at Manufacturing Talks. We're here at Huntington Place in beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan. We are at the American Gear Manufacturers Association uh, show, the Motion and Motion and Power Technology Expo. I'm sorry, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long day already. And to, um, for this episode, we're here with Ruthie Johnston. She is the CEO of Croy Gear and Machining out of Hudson, Wisconsin. Welcome, Ruthie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. This is excellent. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of different folks here at the show, you guys are um, a gear company. So tell us about what Croy Gear does, just kind of top line. Croy Gear actually offers, tries to offer solutions. We really focus on customers and their needs, and we try to offer solutions to help them um, succeed in what they need to do for their customers. Okay. Um, any kind of primary industry that you serve or is it variety? Well, we're very broad in the industries. We're everything from food equipment to um, material handling to robotics to actually done um, prototyping for EV cars. Oh, yeah. uh, during COVID, we thought we were pretty special because we knew we were in the manufacturing of toilet paper. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kind of important in those days. Yes, it was. We, 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 we kind of got a good laugh out of that. So. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> Bringing back some rough memories there. Holy cow. Um, so now tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from the Hudson area? I live in Hudson now. I've been there yep. for 43 years. Okay. I grew up in Minnesota, but my husband said he was saving me from God's country. Ah, yes. What part of Minnesota are you from? Terrible, Minnesota. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was... Telling Ruthie before we got on, I lived in Minnesota for a while. I actually had a, a friend who worked in Faribault, at Faribault Foods. Oh, okay, yes. Well, good. Uh, and, and so um, now tell us how you got into doing what you're doing. Um, I started my career in manufacturing gears at the age of 57. My husband's family owned the company that I have now. My husband passed away from lung cancer mm. at the age of 57. Very sorry to hear that. Yes. So I didn't know anything about the job. I just attended the events. But I didn't really know that I could really offer anything um, to the company. I went in thinking that when I started. And I honestly thought I might end up as a breeder at Walmart. But <laughs> nobody there even thought that I really would be able to offer anything either. But... I went in and I started by actually looking up terms on the computer each day so I could just understand what they were talking about. And I found that I did find I could I could offer something because I got to work on the business while they manufactured products, uh -huh. which wasn't being done. Um, so I found that I fell in love with manufacturing. Interesting. And I fell in love with the people in love with the processes and I found a purpose which is something that's really important when you've been a wife and a yeah. mother and you find it you have to find a new role so it was something I could really dig into and learn and I had some great people that 
stood with me and by me and taught me. Yep. And it was, I, I've, I just love what I do today. Excellent. So it's really interesting that you would go through a loss like that and yet find some pretty significant positive out of it right. in the long haul. Well, I kind of took the attitude that, um, because I did lose some really good friends out of that, um, kind of got you know pretty much alone, but I kind of felt like um, with what I learned through that is that we're all put on this earth either to teach somebody something or, we're there, or we meet people because they're there teach us something. Yeah, yep. Excellent. Um, and, and so then how long have you been leading the company now? 13 years. Okay. It'll be 13 years, November 1. What has been kind of the highest of the highs in your time in leading? The highest of the highs is the people. Um, I have been so fortunate to have the people inside of Troy work with me. I've been able to learn to be a leader from some of the best coaches around. AGMA and the people in AGMA have taught me so much and have welcomed me. I have some friends in AGMA that have been so patient with me, and some of them are retired now. Uh, I can name Dennis Gimpert, uh, Rick Green, and um, Tom Marino, and Matt Mondak. I actually drink via Zoom every Friday night with them. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, and that started with COVID. Oh, yeah. And okay. all of them are retired in the industry, but they are just such great support for me. Yeah. And I will tell you that AGMA just helped Croy grow radically. Um, and what I've learned in AGMA and to have the network that I have in AGMA is outstanding. Excellent. Um, so then obviously the counter question is what's the lowest of the lows with leading the company? Leaders are always alone. Yeah. You, I mean, you carry a heavy load because you carry every single person that works with you and their families. Yep. I carry my community. I carry the people that I have to answer to as finance, all those things. And that's a really tough thing because you can't just share that with anybody. Right. Yeah. I understand. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so... Came here to the show. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your company objectives here at the show? What are your personal objectives? Um, always to um, share what we do. Um, and we do do specialized work. And, I, and our company has invested in uh, equipment and um, to set us apart in the industry. But to gain new contacts, for sure, um, be able to share what we do with other people so that we can be partner with other companies, um, par partner with um, uh, customers and understand what customers want. That mm -hmm. helps us develop better. We become better um, suppliers for them. We, be, we become better partners with our customers. Even just being in conversations, even if they don't become our customers, mm -hmm. we continue to learn from them we continue to learn what's new in the industry here, yep. um, and the network is outstanding. Good. Now, you mentioned when you were talking about the company, you're working on some kind of latest and greatest technology, EVs and things like that. Yes. Um, how much of a challenge has that been for a company that's been around for a long time, like Roy, 
to make those kinds of investments, make those kinds of changes, bring people along with some of the, um, the shifts in the industry. We have been, um, I will say one thing that's awesome is AGMA keeps us in tune and always um, looking forward to help the industry stay ahead and yep. stay in, in knowledge of what's going on. That's been a real benefit of AGMA. Um, merging tech is a great thing. And I sit in the role as the president of the foundation oh, at, okay. of AGMA, which yep. I feel really honored to do that. But AGMA really is an active organization that helps gear manufacturers stay forward moving. Yep. Um, and that's been a, a fantastic thing. And I have been, as a company, one that reinvests um, into the company so we can stay moving forward with new technology. Uh, we're considered a job shop, but we have equipment at Gray that has um, that keeps us moving forward. We have equipment that most job shops don't have to be able to produce the products that we yep. have. Yep. So we keep, we keep moving forward with technology. Yeah, and we've talked you know, in a number of sessions about people hear gears and they think it's just this old school, you know, static industry, and it's very much not that, right? I have to laugh because I'm a female, and somebody will ask me, well, what do you do? I said, well, I manufacture gear, gears. They always go, well, what kind of gear do you make? And they're talking about backpacks or right. shirts or things like that, and that's because I'm female. They always do that. I said, no, gears. <laughs> and they said, well, what do you mean? I said, anything that moves has a gear in yep. it. And so that just kind of takes them by surprise because I'm female that I would be in a gear industry. Yeah, and I think, you know, slowly the manufacturing face is changing. But but going back to that point, gear, gears and gear making being seen as that very old school world. I could imagine you of um, the, the majority of women in manufacturing probably have it even tougher than average. It's very interesting, and one thing that is so I think is so awesome, there are so many young women that are coming in behind their dads now or behind their uncles, and they're starting to lead those manufacturing yeah. companies. They are just fantastic, and they've got so many great new ideas, and it's, it's so great to learn from them. Um, I even in my own company love some of the young people that come in because I consider them they're teaching me the reverse mentors. Oh yeah. So they actually come in and teach me how to be looking forward and how to be and to listen to them and think of how new things are happening. Right. Yep. Uh, you mentioned that you're the president of the foundation for the AGMA. What What do you do in that regard? Well, we're we have four pillars that we work on inside of the AGMA. One is workforce. One is education. One is emerging tech. We we, we really feed all of those. Um, there's a scholarship program, so we actually do fund raise, do, do um, fundraising, mm -hmm. and we actually work to absolutely help the actual AGMA proper um, be able to create classes and things. That's the education. We actually try to help um, um, work on a committee that has workforce development, mm -hmm. because finding workforce is very difficult. Yep, um, emerging, more so. Yeah, in emerging tech, our emerging tech has uh, um, regular um, seminars that we put on um, with um, almost monthly. There's a, a speaker that comes, yep. and um, Mary Ellen Dorn, that heads all of that stuff up, is so knowledgeable about all of those things. Mm -hmm. So all of those things we do, and we actually have a scholarship program 
that we give to students where we're funding um, their classes at college or even um, technical schools mm -hmm. where there's money given to them if they're going to be working in years. Yeah, and, and it also came up in some of the earlier sessions about that need to engage with young people, both from the perspective of just letting them know what is going on in manufacturing because yes. decreasingly they have any knowledge of our world, right? Yeah. Uh, but then also, like you mentioned, the training aspect of it. And unfortunately, we had that time when everybody was being steered to college and we were losing out on the skilled trades. So it's excellent to hear that the AGMA is engaged in that. I was one of those parents. Um, my mom raised four kids by herself. I was one of those parents that was believed that every kid had to go to college oh, okay. until I started doing what I do now. Uh -huh. So in my area in Hudson, we started manufacturing day. And yeah. yeah, and so that happens every year now. And we got into the schools and helped them. We actually came up with a plan that goes all the way for 10 years, which will end up with a camp at the local Y, hopefully, nice. that yeah. kids will be able to do manufacturing events nice. there. And right down into, we want to get down into third grade. And the school bought that plan, the 10-year plan. And so we've been actively doing that. So it was, it's been great. It actually spread throughout the whole St. Craig County, Wonderful. not just yeah, by doing that. And we have to be more intentional about all of those kind of things. Yep. You wouldn't happen to know Craig Sigelski, would you? Yes, I do. <laughs> As you were talking about that outreach, his yeah, name popped Cardinal. right into my head. Cardinal. Yeah. You could market, market Craig. Yeah, I was, yeah. I've been down to Cardinal Works. And what's so great in Hudson, they came up with Raider Works on on. And so I've been connected to Raider Works in Hudson, okay. which is built on Craig's plan. Yep, it's wonderful stuff. Craig was on the show probably about a year ago. Yes. Uh, and yeah, what a what an amazing yeah. story. Yeah, and um, I've actually been to um, his his program. It's outstanding. Yeah, I need to get out there. Yeah, yeah. you've never seen it. I've not. No. No. Oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. And that, that little plan, that, that plan working in such a small town. Right. And I think the school only gives their their whole program $15,000 a year. Yeah. And the rest, the kids all make right. themselves. So, I guess I should explain to our audience, this is a program in a small town in kind of southwest Wisconsin where they actually have a high school shop class that is its own business. And the kids not only do the, uh, the technical work, the welding, the... Uh, metal forming and all that. They do every aspect of the manufacturing business, so sales and marketing, and, um, you know, dealing with customers. Uh, they learn to dress right, to speak right. It, it's just an amazing story. I, I know the one in Hudson, first time the kids were introduced in Hudson, there were kids there that wouldn't even hold their head up to even look mm -hmm. at you when they were introduced. So they actually trained them to be out in the real world, and the second year that those kids were in the program, they stood up and were proud human beings as to who they, what they were doing and, and could stand there and talk to you. So it's, it is a, a not just a class. It is a life change for yes. them. Yes. It's just incredible. Yeah. I've said that, you know, I think this is going off on a tangent entirely, but there's a, such a loss of our communities. And so much of that education used to happen in things out in our communities that no longer exist. And, you know, whether it was churches or civic organizations or the uh, extracurricular programs. And so I've challenged manufacturers again and again, you 
know, be part of rebuilding your community. It's, it's essential. Yes. So that's wonderful that you're the Hudson's following Craig's lead. Right. And and we are actually our chamber, um, Hudson Chamber, just um, just had a conversation I spoke at um, um, where we actually have a foundation, manufacturing foundation, the chamber has and raises its funds through it. Um, um, chamber and I are very involved with getting um, manufacturing gains and, and very involved in that whole thing. And we just asked them, the adults that we brought to the fundraising events, whether they'd want to do a manufacturing day tour. Oh, yeah. And almost all of them raised their hands. Oh, and they that's would, excellent. And they would pay to take the tour, and that money would go to the foundation. Nice. Yes. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. Uh, so as you look down the road, are there other opportunities with Croy that um, either haven't gotten after or are just getting into you know, things that are going to further grow and uh, develop the business? Um, I mean, as far as the business, we've got a lot of things that we want to add yet to Croy. Yep. There's there's much, much for Croy to do. I do at least a three-year strategic plan and nice. renew it every three, every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a board that I created um, beside, behind me in case anything would happen to me. So the board knows very much what my wishes are. Mm -hmm. um, so I turned 70 this year. So, in just a couple months. I, I would not have guessed it. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I still have all of that um, excitement about what I do every day and the people that I work with every day. And we just had, had got to celebrate one of the most wonderful things in their part of this journey is we had a young man came to Croy uh, five years ago and he couldn't speak any English. He, he had just come from Colombia. And we started him working at Croy. In, as a janitor, and he um, then we could see he had some mechanical aptitude. We got it, created a parts a role for him as a parts changer. Then he started running a machine, and we got him um, into classes for English as a second language. And then when that finished, um, he, we found out he was an actual certified welder in oh, Colombia. Really? So then he went to classes and got certified here in the United States. We sent him off, which we didn't want to lose him, yeah. but he went off to go to do welding. Uh, about a year later, he called back, and he was down in Florida actually doing welding. He said, can I come back? And we said, absolutely. <laughs> in that meantime, he had gotten married, and his wife was still in Colombia. Well, he took two years to get his wife here from, from Colombia, but um, just this last month, we celebrated, we, we decorated his machine, everything, because he took his citizenship test oh, in Bass. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And we welcomed him in with a celebration. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a wonderful journey yep. to um, be able to do something like that with our, with our people. So, definitely. Yeah. Congratulations to yep. your worker. That's yeah. marvelous. That is definitely the kind of new citizen that yep. the country needs. Yes. yes. I mean, everybody just... We, we, we work so hard to decorate with flags and streamers and the whole thing. This whole, this whole excellent. Stuff. Well, so before we wrap up, I want to learn a little more about you yourself. So outside of running a company you never intended to run, um, what do you do to, uh, you know, unwind, to have some fun? <laughs> a loaded question. Yeah, owner of a company. Yeah. Um, 
I truly am hoping that I get to go back. I am actually an, um, a fine artist. Really? Yeah, I, and people laugh because here I am as a fine artist, and I'm running a manufacturing company. <laughs> You're making company. Yeah, yeah. But I always come back and tell them, Leonardo da Vinci. Bingo. But I would yeah. like to get back into my art, and, and artwork. What, medium or medium? I paint. I, um, I do a lot of different things, but I am a painter and drawer. And I actually built, bought my last house because it had an outside building that could be my studio, studio. and I need to get my studio up and yeah. running. Yes. Yes. Yep. Well, so that's something you need to be working on then, right? Yep. Getting getting some of the other people to take some of the load and free you up so you can go paint. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about I should know? No, I think that's great. I think uh, I hope that everybody gets to do those things that they really love. I hope that what they do, they do love. Yeah. I mean, find joy. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I hate the way it came about for you, but it's wonderful that you were able to find uh, something that you obviously have huge passion for and excel at. And, and now you're doing exactly what I beseech people to do, helping build that community of Hudson around you. Um, yeah, that's going to be quite a legacy for you and your I'm glad you joined us, Ruthie. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, as always, thank our uh, loyal viewers and listeners. We are still here for the rest of the day. we got a few more sessions yet from the uh, American Gear Manufacturers Association Motion and Power Technology Expo in Huntington Place, downtown Detroit. Been here all day. Got more things going on. Um, tune back in in about 15, 20 minutes. We'll have our next session. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vanosky. Watch for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. And don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe.